Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Stay tuned for our year in review starting with Vancouver, British Columbia. Hi folks, welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys podcast, a show dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations so that together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. My name is Cam Cote. I am the host of the show. Merry Christmas to all of you. Um, I hope that everyone has had a blessed and wonderful um, little bit of time off. Hopefully everyone was able to celebrate with friends or family or members of their, their church community or, or somebody um, yesterday for Christmas. Um, I know that in past years we have done episodes dedicated towards a Christmas message of different sorts. Um, and this year we thought, you know what, let's do something a little bit different. Let's kind of combine both our year in review episode together with our Christmas episode um, in, in just like a profound statement of gratitude. God is so good. He has been so generous in blessing and um, guiding us in the work that we do as individuals, as an organization, as a movement. We have so much to be thankful for. And what, I, what I'm hoping to do over the next several days here is to journey across Canada visiting with each member of um, our various offices. Today, I'm going to talk to my colleague, Rachel Keras, who is um, the Vancouver Outreach Director. Tomorrow, I hope to have um, an episode uh, with, with um, guests from the Calgary office, then Kyle in Winnipeg, then a number of people from um, Eastern Canada as well. Um, Jer, who came from the Eastern Outreach Department in Mississauga, Blaze Elaine from our Eastern um, Strategic Initiatives Department, um, and really encapsulate the year by showcasing different highlights and, and not to go necessarily into the statistics. Um, well, we'll talk statistics come... New Year's resolution um, episode coming out um, in the new year here. It's been an absolutely incredible year. We, um, at least speaking a little bit across um, the nation as an organization, we achieved over 4.2 million views of abortion victim photography, um, close to 20,000 conversations with uh, Canadians. I know that in Western Canada, we, we saw around a 27% conversion, full conversion rate from people who supported abortion in one way or another um, to becoming fully pro-life with an additional 24, 25% becoming significantly more pro-life. So just over 50% of the people um, who supported abortion in one way or another um, coming into a conversation with one of our Western teams um, left the conversation at the very least, more pro-life, if not fully pro-life, which is really, really cool. We trained over 1,200 people in pro-life apologetics, uh, which is phenomenal. We hosted new programs that we're going to dive into um, through this series. And, and it, 2023 has been an absolutely incredible year. And so, um, as I mentioned today, I'm going to be kicking off this journey going east across Canada um, with a conversation with my colleague and friend, Rachel Kiraz, who's our Vancouver Outreach Director. She's an absolute gem. Um, taking over for her sister, Kateri, who was our Vancouver Outreach Coordinator beforehand. Um, Kateri has moved um, out of province now, so Rachel took the mantle up. This is her first year in the role and did an absolutely amazing job. And so here's my conversation with Rachel Kiras, Vancouver Outreach Director for CCBR. All right, folks, starting our tour of year in review across Canada, we are starting with Rachel all the way out in the West Coast, Best Coast, Vancouver area. Rachel, how are you doing? 
I'm doing well. Thanks, Cam. How good, are you? Good. I am living the dream. I can't complain. We are doing day of recording. Day of recording is December 21st. And so we are coming up to Christmas here. A um, little bit of a random tangent. I And I apologize because I know that you're not really able to do it. I mean, you do an office party every day, presumably, because it's mostly just you in the office. But uh, we're doing our office party today, and we are doing a hot dog cook-off. Uh, we have a whole bunch of leftover hot dogs from various volunteer socials, and we are doing like a cooking show cook-off for who can have the best hot dog recipe. Um, and so I am fired up on that, and I'm even more fired up um, as I kind of think through everything that we um, were able to be a part of over 2023. This has been an absolute whirlwind of a year for so many reasons partly like again don't don't be offended by this but like i feel like you've been on staff for a really long time but in reality this is your full first and not even full year technically of being on staff am i correct like you you joined in like february um and since then have been leading the vancouver team yeah that's correct it's been definitely a busy year in that regard it's i joined full part-time staff i suppose in february while i was still finishing my degree and then i joined full-time in may Fantastic. with the beginning of the internship there yeah and so and and obviously you and i've worked together a lot you were um, a team leader for us last year here in calgary um and then also a, an intern the year before that here in calgary as well and so we've been able to work together a lot but i guess when you look back on the year that has been 2023 uh, <laughs> what stands out to you what what stands out to you that we can share with the listeners i suppose yeah i think joining staff was of course a big um a big event and one of the first things that we did right when I joined staff was Jacob and I went out to the March for Life in Victoria. And that ended up being a big event because we collected just so much contact information there that became the stepping stones for a lot of the projects that we're doing now. Contacts with churches, contacts with schools that we got from the March for Life that have turned into presentations and workshops in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're going to dive into that even more um, in just a moment. And, and with that as well, like you guys collected an absurd amount of contact information and you've been pumping out one on one workshops since then, haven't you? Like, like you're still following up with some of the March for Life contacts to do yes. workshops? Yeah. Yep, uh, a couple of them. So <laughs> That's a couple wild. still coming that we haven't been able to quite nail down a good time, but yeah. Gotcha. That's so cool. And, and so cool that we're able to really, I mean, each year we do an episode on the March for Life and how to turn the March for Life into more of a springboard. I know that for a long time, a lot of pro-lifers have looked at the March for Life as kind of a the one-off, check the box of pro-life engagement and cool that, that you've been able to, to help turn it into more of a springboard into greater pro-life engagement and considerations, that kind of thing. You mentioned the high schools and you mentioned the schools and churches. Let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that because you and I have talked a lot about um, the schools that you've been able to work with, some of the schools that you've been giving presentations in. How has that all come about? And, and, and kind of can you capture some of that experience for some of our listeners who, um, whether they've been out of high school for a long time, whether they're in the thick of high school right now, what, what has that experience been like? I mean, I've had a lot of fun with it. It started, again, back at the March for Life. I was speaking with one of the teachers from a, high, a local high school there, and he was just sharing with me that they really desperately need good catechesis on the pro-life issue, good education on it, and that so many of the students, unfortunately, even at the private Christian and Catholic high schools, are not pro-life. And so I started talking with him over the summer about what kind of project we could develop 
Um, and then I also have a friend of mine who's a teacher who kind of was sharing the same thing. They need education for students in the schools. And so that developed into essentially a, a, a work, a series of workshops in a number of schools. And um, yeah, I've been going in and talking to the high school students, grades eight to 12. And it's been a lot of fun. Definitely some students who are really pro-life and convicted and who want to know how to respond to common pro-choice arguments and lots of students who are hearing the pro-life message from the logical perspective, from the biological perspective, um, it for the first time. So many of them have only been exposed to the religious idea that abortion is wrong. And of course it is, but um, they that's all they've heard. And they think that being pro-life is merely a religious conviction. Gotcha. That's super, super cool. And I feel like um, I, while I haven't been in, in high schools this year, I feel like that's something that I've been experiencing with a lot of the church talks that I've been giving as well, that, that people are very familiar with what the catechism or what um, church fathers or or other leaders in the Christian church have said about abortion and the biblical principles, obviously, as well. And yet it's so refreshing when they hear this kind of biological, philosophical accompaniment of that, that they feel far more empowered and comfortable talking to their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, all that kind of thing, knowing that they don't necessarily have to unravel um, thousands of years of church doctrine um, per se, but rather some very accessible biology and some simple philosophical principles that if something is growing, it must be alive. And if that living organism has human parents, he or she must be human and all humans should get human rights, that kind of thing. Um, so that's really cool. And I guess when you reflect on on these high school um, groups that you've been working with, but also the trips that you were part of, obviously you joined us in the interior of BC um, in August. Um, you came out to help out with um, a, a few other programs and projects. We came out to join you again um, in Vancouver in early yeah. July. I guess when you look back on all of those different kind of events that we were, we were a part of, are there any kind of interactions, whether with our team, whether with volunteers, whether with people that you've you've seen come into the movement, or maybe even with people that you've talked to at activism that really stand out, not necessarily on like a project level per se, but like on a human interaction level, because that's been a, a huge focus of our year to not just have our head in the clouds and thinking about things in the abstract, but also in concrete. Are there any kind of interactions that have really stood out, whether whether funny ones or meaningful, powerful ones? What comes to mind? Definitely a couple of interactions stand out to me. There have been, an, I mean, having the interns out in the summer was a lot of fun. Connecting with Carmel again um, as she's running a university club has been a lot of fun to assist her with that. So I've also have been a couple of interactions at activism, which have stood out. I can remember one woman who we spoke with when we were door knocking, a new volunteer and I, and um, we talked to her for probably like 40 minutes and she was quite upset but she also wasn't quite ready to let us go she really wanted us she really wanted us to hear what she had to say um and we were still making progress in the conversation go though sorry going through the roadmap um and by the end of the conversation she was like pretty much yelling at us we were still on her doorstep she hasn't actually told us to leave yet and she was insisting that the preborn child wasn't a human and so it was we by this point, she was really upset about the images. She had, um, the images really uh, hit her and she was really upset about what she was yelling at us. And I just asked her, you know, if this, if this baby isn't a human, why are the images so upsetting? And um, ask that gently, but she was just silent. 
for like several seconds. And that's when she told us to get off her porch and, and slam the door in her, in our face. But, um, if that was it, like, even though she didn't come around on that necessarily, we could just see the impact that that conversation had. And it was such a cool experience for our new volunteer too, who truly like it was a skeptic, didn't quite believe that people really changed their minds on this issue. But after seeing that interaction, he could see how, what kind of reach we could have. Um, and that even when people aren't fully changing their minds, not visibly to us, that there's such a huge impact that we're having. Oh, absolutely. And and it's something that, that I mean, you and I see um, very often, right, where, where people have not thought or engaged with the issue of abortion for so long. And so often these people have very personal connections with abortion, whether they whether they say them um, straight up to us or whether it's it's something that obviously they're grappling with behind the scenes that um, to be able to have somebody who even being really upset has a 40, 45 minute long conversation and clearly wants to have the opportunity to voice their their opinion so often getting that weight off of their shoulders because everybody else in the world is saying bottle up your emotions, bottle up your anger, your sadness, whatever it is that you're going through. Um, I think I, I can't agree with you more how valuable that can be to allow people to to release some of that pressure that's been built up. And and who knows what happens after that, right? I mean, we've got testimonies of people who were absolutely losing their mind on us one day or one week or one year. And the next time they encounter us, they not only apologize, but they say, you know what, I that was the first step towards me recognizing that the abortion that I had five years ago or 10 years ago or last week has been absolutely destroying my life and and i was able to plug in with the post board of healing ministry or something like that and not only that but also appreciating the weightiness that abortion is on abortion-minded people and and i i um, by extension what you mentioned about the volunteer being able to see that i think that's so important for pro-lifers to witness because this is real this isn't something that's just a battle of principles and ideas and whatnot that nobody actually takes seriously i would I would take 10 people out of 10 who have that kind of passionate, even hostile response than people who are completely apathetic and just like do not care whatsoever about it. And so I think that's really cool. And and obviously, as we work to grow the Vancouver Initiative further and further, we had a bunch of cool things coming down the tube in 2024, whether it's our um, hoping to bring together a high school camp in early July, whether it's other intern trips that we're going to be taking out there. When you look down the, the road towards 2024, what stands out to you or what are you kind of looking forward to or hoping to build upon? I think that for sure some of those big trips like the interns coming out and um hopefully the high school boot camp um continuing to work with the schools and everything and we're starting at a couple of new schools even in the new year which is exciting but i think just the day-to-day activism stuff is also exciting we've gone from just one or two active volunteers when i first came on to now we have 12 who are regularly coming out and volunteering and um, that's also been really exciting just to meet so many new pro-lifers uh, through the March for Life, through tour stops on the summer who got connected with us and who are convicted. And so just continuing to grow the team, continuing to develop the team that we have since our team is quite young and um, we're, we're all quite a few new volunteers. And so continuing to develop in that way, do more training sessions, do some 200 level apologetics, that kind of thing. Um, 
Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to being a part of it. I'm looking forward to working with you on it. Thank you, Rachel, so, so much for all the time and sacrifice that you're making out there in Vancouver. Um, and I look forward to working with you more um, coming up in 2024 here. Good. Thanks, Cam. All right, folks, that was my conversation with Rachel Kiras, Vancouver Outreach Director for CCBR. Um, wonderful, wonderful girl who's an incredible leader. And as we kind of talked on and touched on, it, there's a lot of growth and opportunity there in Vancouver um, and tremendous need, obviously. For anyone from Canada, many people familiar with the culture of Vancouver, there's a very, very liberal culture in a lot of ways. Um, it's an absolute grind to be doing uh, um outreach and activism in the Vancouver area, the Lower Mainland, all throughout British Columbia often. And so huge shout out to not only uh, Rachel, but her entire team that she has out there, Jacob, who's a, an integral part of the team um, for most of the year. Not that he's not integral. He's still integral. Jacob, you're a gem. Um, but he moved to Ontario in September. And so he was in Vancouver for most of the year. Great dude. Um, very, very helpful. Not only doing activism, but doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work, uh, working with our websites um, for endthekilling.ca and our various social media platforms for, an or for the organization. And the, honestly, the biggest need that we have in Vancouver um, is financial partnership. I, I promise that's not going to be a theme all the way through this series. Um, some places like Calgary and Toronto, we're going to have a, a much greater need for involvement um, and prayer support, that kind of thing. For Vancouver, we, we have a huge need for financial partnership, um, not only so that we can get... Um, Rachel up to a full-time role, but also so that we can continue to build and augment our team out there, that working in isolation is incredibly challenging. Rachel's done a phenomenal job with it, but it, it would be great to build a team around her as we go as well. And so um, if you're in a position to do so um, and willing and able, please do head, head on over to um, endthekilling.ca slash donate and select um, the Vancouver Initiative. Thank you so, so much for tuning in on this, which... Uh, Day of posting is Boxing Day. I'm sure many people are likely tuning in later on. Um, but this is our first in a series of episodes where we're going to talk to people across Canada for uh, memorable experiences, highlights of 2023, and what they have coming down the tube in 2024. And so, again, I hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season. And I hope that you are able to uh, really reflect upon this year of 2023 and join us in this journey as we at CSPR reflect upon the year that has been. And continues to be 2023. Thanks much. May God bless you abundantly wherever you're at, however many hours are left in your day.